Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Brian Bolt, uh, co-host of the Sport Faith Life podcast, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Chad Carlson. Good to be here. So today, instead of a guest, we found it really interesting to dig into a topic and just have Chad and I have this conversation. But before we get there, we just want to remind you who we are and how we're connected to uh, some other events that have been happening Uh, In the future, we're going to get to the third global congress on sport and Christianity, the first two. The first was happened in uh, York, England in 2019. The second happened on the campus of Calvin University, co-hosted by Calvin University and Hope College. And that was in, uh, sorry, that one was in 2019. The first was in 2016. And in 2022, we'll be headed back to England. And this will be in the third week of August. Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic and things uh, continue to change uh, at different times for different countries. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But we are full steam ahead on having this be a live conference in 2022. So a little more than a year away, we're getting excited. And this podcast, Sport Faith Life, was built uh, largely to draw attention to that conference and to attract more people to this uh, intersection between sport and Christianity. If you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to interact with Chad or myself, please feel free to reach out to Sport Faith Life. Uh, Today, because we don't have a guest, uh, what we like to do, and Chad and I do this offline all the time, is just talk sports. And we talk about everything that comes up. Uh, sometimes um, our topics are timely. We uh, talk about things that are in the news immediately, but then certain things come along every once in a while. And we think we we want to let it sit a little while and we want to think about it because uh, what we're trying to do on this podcast and through our blogs and through sport, th- sport faith life in general is to be reflective thinkers about sport and not be knee jerk uh, in our responses from a faith perspective. So today we do have a topic to talk about. Chad, you want to introduce it? Yeah, you're right. The The media is so saturated with knee-jerk reactions, right, to everything going on in sport. We're not stepping into that space, but instead we wanted to take a step back and at the same time, I think a step forward by looking at one of the keynote speakers that we had at the Second Global Congress in 2019 someone who uh, filled the arena, who filled the room, who was really the most prominent name we had on the docket and somebody that we knew would attract attention largely because of strong views he holds on things, but also the prominent place he plays within American sport. And that's Tim Tebow. So today we wanted to talk about Tim Tebow, who happens to be back in the news again, doesn't he? We are, um, we're seemingly uh, seeing this guy's skill set morph over time from being a Heisman Trophy winning college football quarterback a decade ago, more than a decade ago. More than a decade. Stepping into the NFL as a as a starting quarterback, as a backup quarterback, both of those in the NFL, then moving to to play professional baseball and and reaching the top minor league level. So just below Major League Baseball for a few years in the New York Mets organization. And now we see him transitioning back to pro football, uh, working to try to make the final roster for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was a team that went one and 20, I'm sorry, one 
And what one in fifteen last season? Am I right with that, Brian? One in I think 15. you're right. It was, it, one in fifteen got the number one pick in the draft, and yeah. they they have their quarterback of the future. So uh, Tim Tebow is not coming back to be their quarterback. That's uh, very likely Trevor Lawrence coming right out of the gate. And uh, breaking news: Tim Tebow after this, he is going to try try out for Arsenal. Um, so Tim Tebow is going to move. Uh, he just doesn't stop. Amazingly, he just keeps moving as an athlete. You know, what's really interesting when we think about that, that trajectory is, you know, our connection with Tim Tebow was, was out of his, you know, in some ways out of his fame, uh, of being a Heisman trophy winner and then an NFL quarterback, but also, uh, a very much outspoken Christian, um, which, uh, has caused a great deal of attraction on one side and and a number of people have ne- negative reactions to him. But when we booked him for our conference, we were hopeful that his athletic relevance would last. In other words, hey, stay in the minor leagues, you know, so that we can, you know, still talk about that story. We thought there was no chance that he was still, he still had one more run left in him. And, and here we are. Here we are. And it seems like this is an interesting story on a number of different levels. You know, we have this team that's uh, the worst team in the NFL last year who got the uh, this, this quarterback that they're really excited about in the draft. And this coach who was Tim Tebow's college coach at Florida, had coached at Ohio State, had won national titles, um, and now is stepping into a coaching position in the NFL. He's not been in the NFL before, but he knows Tim Tebow so well. And so he he has a, you know, they have this this cool connection, right? So the coach sits on Tim Tebow's foundation board, and um, clearly there's a close relationship there. And we've got this guy, Tim Tebow, who continues to remain relevant, which is great for our purposes. That's exactly what you said, Brian, exactly what we hoped for in 2019. Here we are two years beyond that, and, and Tim Tebow is maybe as relevant today as he was, you know, three, four, five, six years ago, a guy that continues to, to believe in himself and what he has to offer to the professional sports world at the age of 33. He's not a spring chicken no, in terms I, of, of male professional sport. Right. And at 33, not only trying to come back to a sport that he started in, but also come back and make a position change. And, you know, some sports are, um, you know, fluid in terms of moving from one position to another. There's always uh, specifics. But this is almost like, you know, being being a forward and, and, uh, scoring goals in in hockey or in, in, in soccer, and then becoming a goalie. I mean, in some ways this is very different. He's on the other side of the ball. Now I did look up and, and I think in high school, Tim Tebow played a lot of positions and one of them was tight end. So this will be interesting to see what he can do at age 33. Now, Chad, you and I, uh, 33 is in well in our rearview mirror, uh, mine particularly. Uh, but you do notice at you know at that age um, some of your skills atrophying, and so it'll be interesting to see how his body holds up uh, in a really demanding sporting environment and one that requires uh, you know impact. Uh, the NFL uh, tight end position is not simply catching passes as a lot of people might expect like that's you know in seven on seven drills when you go out and run and catch uh he may or may not distinguish himself in that particular way but 
banging against guys sometimes 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier than you and trying to move them as a tight end, that'll be uh, very much a new experience for Tim Tebow. You know, it's one thing to be a 23, 24-year-old coming into the NFL as a quarterback. <laughs> quarterbacks are, are as protected as any position. So he was at his, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, for our listeners, Brian was a quarterback uh, growing up. And um, But anyways, we, we get into, uh, you know, we see him now uh, further down the line. He played baseball, which is not a contact sport. And and had some injuries while playing baseball, a non-contact sport. Of course, he was he was using his body in a different way than he had uh, intensely, you know, uh, previously in a decade. But now we throw him into one of the most demanding physical positions in football, and that that's a tight end. A tight end is a combination of someone who is on the offensive line that is blocking defenders, that is you know throwing yourself into defenders who are throwing themselves into you. And also trying to have some skills to be able to catch passes and run routes. And Tim Tebow not only is older by far than the average age of tight ends in the NFL, he's also undersized. He's six feet two inches tall, which is you know he's he's most tight ends are, are in the you know six five, six six, six seven even range. I mean these are big dudes, and he while well, he's a big guy, he's not that big, and so he's got his work cut out for him in a second way there too. Yeah, no doubt. When you look at his size, not only his height at 6'2", but also his bulk, right? Often um, bigger bodied uh, people are playing that kind of position. Uh, sometimes a converted offensive lineman becomes a tight end. Um, there are, uh, you know, leaner athletic um, types of tight ends that will uh be able to uh, create matchup differences. You know, you're you're generally trying to beat the person in front of you, especially on routes, to be able to uh, find spaces where you can give a clear um, line of sight to the quarterback, and that re- that requires a certain level of of uh, quickness and agility and a, a great deal of intuitive sense. So an ability to kind of find spaces and s- slow down and speed up at different times. Those are all things that are learned over time. Time. And uh, just general athleticism doesn't mean that that's going to help you uh, in the specific task of, of, say, getting open or catching passes. I did look up uh, Tim Tebow's relative athletic score, which uh, at, for, for his quarterback role when he came out of um, University of Florida. And it was quite high. I mean, it was exceptionally high. It was 9.92. And for those of you that want to understand what that means, this is real, you know, NFL geekdom right here. Uh, The relative athletic score is an assessment in many ways of a person's natural uh, athletic ability. And what they do is a series of kind of jumps and dashes and maneuvers to check your speed, your quickness, uh, you know, zero to 10 yards, 10 to 20 yards, and your agility moving around cones. So things like long jumps and high jumps and uh, just being able to do things. And then, and because everyone's doing the same drill, you're stacked up against everyone else and compared. And really Tim Tebow coming out of college as a uh, college quarterback was elite. I mean, his athleticism, not just his accomplishments, but his athleticism was elite. Uh, His built-in speed, quickness, drive, power, all those things were pluses. But at age 33, I'm going to guess if he were to redo his relative athletic score, 
it's going to drop pretty significantly. Uh, you know, he has not been using those skills as he's gone along. He's been playing baseball. Um, he spent four years playing baseball. That's a long time to be away from the game of football as well. And we have to remember too, you know, it, when he was the quarterback for the Broncos, that was a pretty short-lived experience. But he went a long time trying to become a head quarter or a starting quarterback somewhere else. He went over the Jets and tried that, and then he was on and off different teams. Uh, people giving him a tryout, giving him an opportunity, and he believed that he was an NFL quarterback. It's just that nobody else did, or at least a starting NFL quarterback. One of the interesting questions is, you know, because of that athleticism, had he had he adjusted at that point and said, I'm going to be a tight end, what would have happened at that time? And we don't we'll never know. But uh, a lot of people would would predict that because of his because of his other intangibles, which we'll maybe get to, um, he he had a pretty good chance of being successful in a tight end role maybe 10 years ago. He absolutely would have. I mean, the, he was he was a freak athlete coming out of college. You lose your athleticism over time, so he's no longer, you know, at that caliber of an athlete. One thing he still has going for him, and this is the thing that sort of is underlying all of this, right? So, so Brian, you, you said you know nobody believed that he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL except himself. I think what you mean is you know none of the none of the the head coaches or owners in the NFL believe that he was worthy of being a starting quarterback. But Correct. I do think there's probably a full fan base. Because he's had this cult following, you know, among among people, it would be it would it would include evangelical Christians, it would include everyone in Florida, it would include, you know, just sure. those people that have sort of followed Tebow mania, and part of that stems from his incredible work ethic, right? There are stories, and he told these told about these at the Global Congress that, uh, you know, times when he just worked harder than everybody else, and it's so interesting to think about that being a big part of who he is. I mean, this is why. I think some people are saying, yeah, this can happen because he has such a drive to work and work and work, right? And and the, the tales are seemingly endless of times that he has just outworked everybody else. So at this point in time in his career, is he capable of doing that? I mean, when he was an 18, 19-year-old, a freshman even at, at Florida, I remember watching games and fans were holding up signs saying things like, like, you know, Superman wears Tim Tebow pajamas or when Tim Tebow does a push, he doesn't push himself up. He pushes the earth down. Right. Or, <laughs> or, or Tim Tebow can win, uh, can win connect four and only three moves. It's like, I mean, this guy can do anything because he's such a hard worker. And, and so that's what makes some of this, like, that's why there's the sentiment of reality here. So on the face of it, no 33 year old who hasn't played pro football or any football in four years should be able to make any NFL roster. It's too competitive for that. But we're talking about a guy that just knows no ceiling when it comes to hard work. Yeah. That, that phenomenon of having those God given built in skills, you know, that elite athleticism with a extremely unique uh, work ethic towards sports. You know, there are, um, people in history that have those great skills and then that really rare drive to work harder and harder. Um, you know, maybe we'll get to this, but, you know, I've heard that connected to a faith element and I think it can be. I think um, you, Tim Tebow will describe, uh, you know, doing all things in for the glory of God and giving full effort. But many of our examples of those sorts of people wouldn't trace it back to their faith. Uh, you know, Tiger Woods is considered to be one of the most talented golfers ever or the talent, most talented, but also the hardest worker. 
the person that just sits there and, you know, you look at Tiger Woods seven iron and there's a dime size hole right in the center of it because he hits it so many times. Right. Um, Michael Jordan, another who uh, took that elite athleticism, but outworked everybody, changed his body, uh, kept developing skills. And so we see how this uh, drive and the drive doesn't always translate into other areas of life. It, it, it is a drive to excel in sport. Tim Tebow has had that. Obviously, he has wanted to be on the world stage uh, and to excel at the at the elite level in sport. Uh, it's interesting that even with all of his failure, that this persists because the truth is he's had great success in his life. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He, uh, you know, has won an NFL playoff game, you know, in grand fashion. And yet much of his life, especially over the last decade, has been failure. Uh, on a sports stage, right? Getting cut from teams, um, not being invited to certain workouts. Uh, and then uh, baseball, right? It, the, the goal in baseball is not to play in the minor leagues. There, there's such a monstrous difference between AAA and the next level, right? So he has had to deal with uh, the reality of being unsuccessful uh, throughout the course of his time. And yet he wants to try this. Uh, you know, some people suspect that it is uh, a matter of, of maybe publicity. Uh, what do you think? Well, it's an interesting thing. I, I, you know, who will ever know besides Tim Tebow, his his exact motives for why he's doing this? Um, he clearly is a driven individual, right? So if you look at, you know, how to live a good life, you ask Tim Tebow, how do you live a good life? I think it would be, he would say something about hard work. It's It sort of gets at this maybe historical muscular Christian mindset that, you know, you, you work hard, you use your body, you physically exhaust yourself. That's all in a good day's work, right? And I think that's a big part of of who he is. Um, but like you said, th this seems to trickle over. I mean, you would say, you know, Michael Jordan is competitive in all aspects of his life. He's a hard worker when it comes to basketball and a few other things in his life. But I'm not sure okay. that, that that trickles into every part of his life, right? Uh, and the same thing you said about Tiger Woods. With Tim Tebow, it seems like in everything he, he puts his mind to, everything that he does he, he wants to work super hard at it. He wants to do it really well. And, and sports obviously has been at the front and center of that, but he's also worked, you know, worked really hard to be a polished public speaker, to be someone who's good in front of a camera as a commentator for SEC football. He's someone that, that clearly with his foundation has worked hard to give it a global reach. Um, and, and in, in his faith, I think that seems to be front and center for him and he's, he's disciplined, right? So it's hard work and it's discipline. And so maybe this is a publicity stunt. Maybe it's not, but I, I don't. I don't think it would be fair to call it that. It just has a negative connotation to it. But it might be a way for him to continue to see where his impact can be. Right. So he can have a greater amount of impact if he is an NFL player rather than if he is a former NFL player. And so to be able to come back, it's just interesting to know what his impact is. I'm going to say something that might sound a little bit heretical right now, but butterfly shit. Okay. One of the things that I've, I've seen uh, written online on, on, in social media, all, all of this is, are we, are, we making, are we making something bigger than what it is? Because right now we have a 33-year-old who was once very relevant at the top of his game and the top of his fame in terms of Christianity and then became dormant for a while. And it's almost as if Tim Tebow at age 33 trying to get back into the NFL is trying to resurrect oh boy. himself. 
That's Chad Carlson. That's C <laughs> C A R L. Okay. I'm just yeah. saying that's that's what I've read, and and that's there. There is an evangelical fervor that might believe. Hey, look at what happened in his NF is one NFL playoff game that he won. Everything pointed to the fact that there were implications related to God saying this. Uh, looking down on Tim Tebow, his uh, uh, you know his earthly son. And, and saying, uh, you know, well done. That is, you know, 316 yards passing, 31.6 yards per pass. I mean, that all this 316 stuff, which was the eye black that, that Tim Tebow wore, John 316. <laughs> what is going on right now, I think, is a second version of that. We have this 33-year-old coming back after a few years, uh, after some time away, resurrecting himself. We'll see how long this lasts. That is in the air. Well, I'm not going to stand too close to you right now, but that uh, at the, at this point, I I I think it's fair to I, I think that's the fun question in some ways, right? And so this is a, a fun that's what question. I'm asking. Yes, and this is a fun question for Christians as well, all over the place, because few of us are on a stage like Tim Tebow, and you you mentioned the word impact and. In this case, T- Tim Tebow has always been about impact, right? He's always been about um, leveraging the imp- the amount of fame that he has uh, for other purposes. He has always worked uh, in that direction. And, and for those that don't know, Tim Tebow, uh, his parents were missionaries. Uh, he has spent significant time uh, in other parts of the world, but very much an evangelical uh um, focused on the gospel kind of presentation when he talks to others. Uh, and, the, and the part that you're referencing, that John 3.16, is a pretty famous moment. If you, if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and, and type in Tim Tebow and John 3.16, and you'll hear the, the really shat, earth-shattering numbers. In some ways, uh, you're surprised at the, how all these things came together. And, it, um, and so the question has been put to Tim Tebow many times. Like, what do you think of that? How do you interpret that? Uh, and, and truthfully, I really like his answer. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people get hyped up. You were getting a little hyped up there about him being resurrected. I'm not sure he would use those <laughs> words. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. Uh, but, you know, he says just it's a big God. And so uh, it, the cynic would immediately say, uh, you know, those are coincidences. Um, God doesn't deal in prosperity. Right. Um, we're very careful to to make sure that, uh, you know, th- if we follow the sort of biblical track, it, it includes a life of suffering. Uh, following Jesus is not going to be easy. Uh, and so prosperity is a hard thing for us to interpret and figure out and and how God might use people in a variety of ways. Uh, but he just, uh, Tim Tebow interprets that as, as big God. God, I mean, uh, how am I to limit uh, how God might use me or others? I, th- I think we go probably too far in interpreting um, uh, how those life circumstances work out in God's grand design. Uh, but in this particular case, uh, Tim Tebow is going to get those sorts of questions. He's uh, he's jumping back into the world stage. I would never say that he's doing this for publicity. Uh, I, I don't know him well enough to, to do that. But uh, I would say that he wouldn't answer it that way. Yeah, it's interesting. He clearly is because he's a, such a public figure. He gets asked these types of questions all the time. You know, he's on a he's on a public speaking tour all the time, or he's at churches, he's at um, uh, ministry organizations, all this sort of thing. So he's asked these questions, and we asked him that similar question. You know, we asked him about uh, the implications of this playoff game that seemed to have uh, divine 
guidance, right, in terms of the statistics. And it ended up being his last meaningful game as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And so we asked him, what, what, what sense do you make of all that, you know, expecting him to to say that, uh, you know, maybe he should have gotten more of a chance or that that something else will come along later on. And, and what he said was something maybe a little bit along those lines. But the big thing was him saying that he believed that after that game, the fact that those numbers matched up with John 316 so well, his statistics, it was sort of God saying, you know, uh, well done. And, and maybe this is the this is the end of this this storyline or this, hmm. this phase uh, of your life and and really seem to be at peace with that. But uh, he also then alluded to the fact that God was saying, you know, hey, there's going to be something else for you. And he always seems to believe that. He, he references dad telling him, you know, you're going to do great things, that God has great things in store for you. And, and so I think he's believed that. And I'm not sure I would call it exactly a prosperity gospel, but, but certainly there's a strong belief in himself that, um, that he has put on this earth to impact, um, to, to provide positive impact for, uh, for Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so, you know, maybe this is a, a, a part of all of that. I certainly don't think it would be anything along the lines of, you know, Tim Tebow waiting until he's in his early 30s, you know, the age at which we believe Jesus was resurrected, you know, to start his comeback tour. You keep going, Chad. What I'm saying is I think that there are, there are people that will believe that this is all divinely ordained, that this shows that God is looking down on Tim Tebow with favor. And you're right. This is this is a really interesting question to ask because it has so many theological implications for us, right? How do we how do we get beyond a knee jerk reaction to all this? How do we think deeply about about this faith element in all of this? Is God looking down on Tim Tebow and saying, "I am going to actually direct your path in a way that marks my glory"? And uh, is that what's going on? Is is God looking down on Tim Tebow and saying, I am, I am giving you these gifts in order to serve my purposes. Uh, you know, what is going on here, right? Um, there's all these great questions to ask about Tim Tebow coming back and whether or not this gift of hard work and discipline would be able to get him to the top levels of sport that would increase his impact. Certainly it would. Absolutely. It would increase his impact. I mean, his Jersey sales are through the roof. He hasn't even made the final roster for the team this fall yet. But, uh, but people care about him and they love this storyline. And I think there's a number of social implications in all that as well. Yeah, I, I think you said it, you know, this is a pretty rickety bridge to walk across, you know, when you start thinking about uh, all those things that you've said and the possibility that tomorrow he could be cut, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking about uh, the level of impact and truthfully, um, I actually give him a lot of credit knowing that, right? Recognizing that this is very likely another opportunity to fail, right? It is it is uh, something that he's driven to do. I think he loves to play. I mean, u- ultimately, uh, this world is a place for us to work and play. And I think he loves the game of football. I think he loves to, to be in competitive sport. And he sees this as an opportunity to see if there are any skills left in him to continue to do this. Um, and so the, his personal risk in doing this uh, is, is kind of interesting because it, it'll just add to, especially if he gets cut quickly, um, it, it'll add to his critics. I mean, what, 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 is he, what did he think he was doing at age 33 to try to make it on an NFL roster? Um, 
I think Tim Tebow, from what I could tell, a lot of what he did is visible. A lot of what he does is visible. But truthfully, a lot of his work in foundations and so in his foundation and so on is not visible. Um, and so that's a good lesson for all of us as well, because some of our uh, when we talk about impact, our impact is often one person at a time. And uh, even famous people, right, like Tim Tebow. Uh, deal with impact in a variety of different ways, right? In this case, there is the possibility that uh, he would be able to reach people that he doesn't even know, right? That that his image has that sort of uh, connection. Most of us don't have that, right? We have to do that through relationships. Uh, there is a possibility that he could do that. It's also a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And it sounds as if he has never shied away from that responsibility, uh, he's always sort of leaned into it. We found him when he came to speak. You know, he spoke to uh, an arena full of people. We had about 5,000 seats in there and they were full. Uh, about a thousand of them were high school students in the area when he came and spoke. But then after that, he came and spoke just to conference attendees for about an hour. And boy, we we were really kind of blown away by the amount of time and uh, depth uh, that he gave us in his responses to questions. I mean, it was not difficult to, to, to have that conversation. We asked him a few questions and he just went to town um, and talked about and was willing to explore deeper questions than we, than we thought. So uh, my, my in, um, impression of Tim Tebow during that time was that he was really engaged in all aspects of life with a great deal of fervor. Um, and he's, kept this going, right? Um, and kept sport going in his life. And he's going to give this the best shot he possibly can. Uh, but he's always, he's always ministry minded. Um, and I think that uh, came through to us. Um, and, the, you know, the, the power of that witness can be um, off-putting to some because of that whole muscular Christianity element. And so it'll be interesting to see him deal with that in the next phase of his life as well. Yeah, you're right. The enthusiasm, the fervor, the drive, that all came through really clearly in the couple of hours that he spent with our attendees, you know, in the two different arenas. And you're right, that is that can be off-putting, I think. I think there's there's strains of uh, of Christians who um, who see their faith as more of a uh, more in terms of piety. And, uh, you know, uh, a right living as opposed to, um, you know, in enthusiasm drive for evangelism, right, for, for drawing others into Christianity. And Tim Tebow is very much the poster child for that latter, you know, type of Christianity, you know, a really evangelically focused uh, type of Christian. And, and that, that certainly comes from his upbringing, right, parents being missionaries where you're seeking to win people over as converts for the Lord as opposed to sort of thinking about, you know, deep theological issues and, and, and piety, you know, living well. Um, and so I think, you know, we, we left, you know, people left his talks at the, the last Global Congress uh, with a number of different thoughts. I think there were some people that really were energized by by what he had to say, by his presence. And his presence is is very energizing, right? There's a lot of vitality there. And and others, I think, came away um you know, thinking this is uh, this is what I see publicly. He is he is that person, and so even if they weren't, you know, um, even if if people didn't leave saying I learned something new theologically from what he said, at least they're leaving saying this is authentic Tim Tebow. 
you know, what you see from him publicly, this is who he is always, the enthusiasm, the energy, the fervor, and he wears his beliefs on his sleeve, you know, and he's not apologizing for, for what he believes. So um, I think there was a lot of positive that came out of that. And it'll be interesting to see, you're right, what, what, what happens from here, because we have a guy who, you know, if he, if he makes the team, if he continues to be a part of the team, that's going to be a storyline you know, throughout the season, this fall in the NFL. And there are going to be some people that are going to love whatever sub subplot that come along with that storyline. There'll be others that are going to say, you know what, he's pulling attention away from other guys in the NFL, right? And in, and in the sports media industry, there's going to be 360 degrees worth of of reflections and responses to, to him being a part of the NFL. And there's a lot of impact there. Um, you know, but that's going to be that's going to be a big part of it, and then and certainly that'll be a part a conversation piece for Christians as well. You know, to watch every move that he makes. This is one guy, one guy that seemingly hasn't made moral missteps on the public stage. He's come very close as a commentator when he speaks into social issues related to, for instance, the payment of college athletes. Uh, he got in some hot water there for speaking his mind. But he hasn't made missteps morally or in what he said as a public figure. So this this platform that he could be on that would be elevated over the next couple of months if he makes the team or if he, if he stays a part of things, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to sort of be perfect in the in the public eye in terms of you know how he conducts himself, the authentic Tim Tebow, who is a Christian. Yeah, and and so often we. We look for that. We wait for that. Um, we've seen so many fall. Uh, the redemption stories are equally as compelling. You know, people that that uh, do have a public fall and somehow, um, through God's grace, uh, recover and um, have a new story to tell. And so, um, I'm I'm always careful, right, to to align any particular. Um, I would say position um, with a person's personal piety, and yet we we find great respect in those sorts of things. And and I do respect Tim Tebow for that, you know, for for being a person that has, um, I mean, w- w- in a, in a very public way, uh, tried to live out the tenets of his faith, to try to live consistently with w- what he believes, and. That's commendable for him. It's commendable for for many. It's what our call is, right? Our call is to do that, recognizing our weakness, recognizing that we're incapable of doing that, um, and it is it is God's grace that allows us to to be able to uh, to have an impact on others. I think for for uh, Tim Tebow too, his um, his critics will. Uh, consider this a little bit of a sham given that he's, you know, uh, you know, because of his fame, he's being added to this particular roster, at least right now, you know, NFL uh, teams right now have expanded rosters. I mean, ultimately they'll get down to the number 53, you know, you have things like practice squads and things like that, but ultimately they're at a big roster, right? Tim Tebow has not made this team. He has, uh, uh, been given an opportunity to try to make this team something that that other people uh, maybe without his fame probably wouldn't get, or without his um, certainly without his record of achievement. So, and uh, I would also add be, without his relationship. So, obviously, the idea that he knows uh, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer knows who he is in 
a uh, a locker room situation is probably the the biggest behind the scenes issue here is that his head coach has seen him in a locker room he's seen how he can be um, the kind of figure that even with all of this somewhat negative attention that he gets tons of positive attention and tons of negative attention he's he's uh, uh, it's a polarity in that way but even with all of that urban meyer said uh, we want this guy around at least for a while and we'll see how that plays out if you if you try to figure out <clears throat> the perfect circumstances for tim Tebow to even have a shot at making an nfl team right now it would be with the jacksonville jaguars because it's his hometown Jacksonville, Florida. It's his college head coach, who he's got a great relationship with, now is the head coach of that team. So the stars have sort of aligned in that sense, right? But it still feels, I, I agree, like there's going to be, there's a lot of speculation about about all of this. And I, I read something um, just the other day about this as well that I want to share, I, hesitantly, because, you know, when I, you know, the last couple of times I've said things here, Brian, of what I, yeah. what I read. Danger. Yeah. yeah. Yes, dangerous. Right. And these are not, yeah. these are not my thoughts. I'm sharing what I'm reading here. I'm trying not to like per- perpetuate this, but there is, it's interesting to think about some of these things. There have been times when NFL teams have, um, have been a little bit gimmicky in terms of player tryouts or, or getting players on rosters in the form of mostly it's been like, you know, Olympic track stars from the U S Yep. who've been you know, exceptionally fast. And then after the Olympics, they win gold medal. And then a, a team that's not very good decides that they're going to they're gonna, gonna sign this guy to a tryout and see if he makes the team because of his speed. And speed's a big deal in the NFL. There was also one team, I believe it was in the uh, 1960s, 1970s, a guy by the name of George Plimpton. George Plimpton, who was a New York hey, Times. Lion. Yep, sports writer who tried to make the Detroit Lions and, and, and tried to you know, play a down as a quarterback just to see what it'd be like. And so it was really gimmicky. You know, th- this doesn't seem exactly like either of those situations here, but certainly there are people that are that are concerned about um, the authenticity of what's going on in this whole situation. Is this just a way for the Jaguars to, you know, to make money, to sell jerseys, even of a guy that might not make the team? But there's certainly some obvious things. Tim Tebow is an obvious leader. He obviously has been able to galvanize the locker room everywhere he's been. Um, and, and so he's been a good leader. Further, you have this young quarterback and you're trying to in some ways take some attention off the quarterback while also generate attention for your team. And so having Tim Tebow you know, be a part of at least the, the trial period for your team seems to be, and that's legitimate, it seems like a, a good business move, uh, whether he makes the team or not, I, I don't know. But there's, there's certainly a, a lot of people second-guessing all of this because there's so many angles at the storyline that might come about here. And it's just, it, it's interesting to see what happens. Now, the NFL, the way they operate, is that there will be some some mini camp type of experiences before the season starts in which they'll pare down the roster. And then eventually in August, they'll get it down to a uh, August, September to 53 person roster. So we'll see what happens with Tim Tebow and we'll see if this is a football decision or not. There's certainly a lot of angles, a lot of, a lot of things in the plus column, and then a lot of things in the minus column uh, in terms of his ability to be on the Jaguars. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see which one wins out. Yeah. And this is um, for us, uh, just a fun conversation for us to have, and and you know partially because, and t- to be honest, we we have a little bit of a relationship, right? We we met him, um, spent some time with him, and uh, then we uh, see this sort of thing come up. 
you know, you talked about the business opportunity for this. And, and there is no question that these sorts of decisions are not made uh, solely for one reason, right? They're, they're made for a multiple number of reasons, and there are risks that go with each one, right? And so in this circumstance, too, you mentioned, uh, you know, a young quarterback, uh, the opportunity for, you know, someone to maybe take attention away. Ultimately, you can expect that uh, NFL teams um, and and any sports team, and this is maybe what I love about sport. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to trying to do sport well, right? So it comes down to trying to win. Um, and you know, there are there are really positive things that happen, you know, in in the pursuit of winning, and there are negative things that happen in the pursuit of winning. But you know, if you start wondering, you know, what is that coach doing? What is that owner doing? What what are they thinking? You know, somewhere in there is the central aspect of what they're trying to do, which is to try to win, right? And it might be because of his influence in the locker room. And it might be because he's distracting or deflecting attention uh, away from a, a, a new quarterback and or uh, maybe even just the possibility of pushing other players, right? So uh, you make all these sorts of calculations. Uh, some of them work, some of them don't. But without question, sport is that type of place Tim Tebow will not play if he's not helpful in having that team win. I mean, ultimately, that that won't happen. So uh, it'll be fun to watch, uh, and we're going to watch it as well, and maybe we'll revisit it at some point on Sport Faith Life. Uh, Thanks very much for for listening. This has been uh, um, kind of a fun conversation for Chad and I, and we hope to add some new uh, topics as we go along. We, we try not to, to regurgitate what the media is doing, but also look at it from another perspective. That's sort of the interesting part of Sport Faith Life. Um, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com.